We are Hit Fitness and Boot Camp, Lansing's number one hit slash boot camp studio with classes that motivate, encourage, and push you. We specialize in 30-minute weight loss boot camps that challenge the body and deliver results in a positive and supportive atmosphere. Hey guys, this is Coach Nate with another great episode of the Hit Fitness Podcast, The Afterburn. Thank you for tuning in for another great episode. We're going to have fun today, guys. We have a cool guest on the show. But first, let me introduce my co-hosts. Coach Amber, what's going on? What's up, what's up? I'm loving the holidays. How about you? Wait, there's a holiday coming up? Yes, Christmas. Oh, yeah, Christmas, Christmas. Yes, Christmas. it's the most the old Saint time of year. Nick. <laughs> Are you on the naughty or nice list? I don't know. I have to ask my husband. <laughs> Are you getting coal or some toys? I don't know. I just, I just. Have you been good this year? Come, yes or no? Tried. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, what's been new, Coach Amber? You got to tell us. You said you haven't been here very much. So what have you been doing? Let's see. I am concluding my year of weddings. I just did my last wedding like a month ago. So just like chucking away at editing and then preparing for 2022. Some new things, new projects. And how's the first year of marriage for yourself going? We So the 12th of December was exactly six months. So Has it been six months already? I know. Isn't That's, that crazy? I'm like, wow. where's time gone? Everybody's like, oh, you guys are pros now. That's like, crazy. No, it's it's been really, really good. Yeah, it's it's a journey. Marriage is like fun, but it takes work. Like, I think people just yeah. think, oh, yeah, the first five years are so great. I'm like, no, I mean, you can't. Like, everybody has different struggles. Some, it doesn't start until a few years in, and sometimes it starts right off the bat. And it doesn't necessarily have to be between you and your spouse. It could just be trials that arise, and you have to, like, work through it together as a team. So, it's good. It's it's growing. And, uh, yeah, it's been a good year. No, yeah, marriage, (laughs) you know, you ain't lying. It really will define, you know, your guys' loyalty and companionship and just so much other aspects because the thing about marriage is it's a lifelong commitment, it's a lifelong teamwork and it's a lot different than like a friendship, right? Even besties, like because like you get annoyed with your best friend, you're like, you know what, all right, see you in a couple days. Like I'm gonna take a breather. Yep. With marriage you're like, all right, see you in the bedroom in two minutes, like when we go to bed. (laughs) Like like I'm mad at you but I can't get away from you, you oh, know, so it is, it really will test you at times oh, and it's sure. hard. And you know, that's one of the saddest things about the world these days is divorce is so high. Oh my word. Yeah. It's the highest it's ever been. Staggering. And yeah. that's just, you know, it's sad because people don't want to like work through it. People just, give up. Yeah. And love they're quitters, is right? love's a choice. Like that's what people don't get. They just think it's a feeling like, oh, I fell in love. Like think about that concept. Like you fell in love, which means you could just fall out of it rather than like love's a choice. We're yeah. going to fight through this till death. Do sure. Work. Yeah. That's a great subject. We're going to get back to that some other time. <laughs> we got a great guest on the show. I want to get him introduced to get this thing going. Today we have David Heiss with us. He's a local podcaster here in the local Lansing community. He has a podcast, Rising Above. It is an overcoming struggles and obstacles in life. It's a positive podcast. Just talking about anything that you have in life that could be a struggle or some sort of situation that you have and overcoming that and moving on in a positive way. David, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you for coming. Uh, kind of cool. This is our first time having a podcaster on our podcast. So that's kind of cool. It, it's a real cool experience. Thank yeah. you. Have you done that on your podcast? 
have other podcasters. Yeah. Um, I've done Zoom ones, and you know, it's not the same same yeah. thing as doing it in person. Yeah. So this is a, a whole new experience, and I'm actually loving the way you guys, you know, <laughs> conversate back and forth beforehand. <laughs> yeah. We cut off in here. <laughs> I know. We could have went all day. You're like, uh, guys, you do know I'm here, right? <laughs> After 20 minutes, he just gets up and leaves. We give you guys some time. No, that's cool. Yeah, we, we like to, you know, we have a kind of a similar podcast. You know, obviously, we're, we have the gym, so we're more of a health and fitness. But, I mean... One of my biggest things about having this podcast was like, I've always said since day one, like it's positive vibes mm-hmm. only. We don't really talk about anything negative, definitely overcoming struggles. So we we have a lot of similarities. Like we're always looking to better ourselves, you know, better others, being positive. You know, I don't care what you believe in. I don't care how you live your life. As long as you're positive and you're trying to uplift yourself and others, I'm cool with it. Absolutely. I kind of have the same concept as well. You know, I, I'm kind of into fitness as well, and I have a home gym and everything. I don't own a gym. Right, like, right, right. Like you, but... Well, home gyms are cool. Yeah. They're really popular nowadays. They are. And COVID helped that out. Well, I had mine before COVID, thank goodness. Okay, so you're like a home gym OG. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, no, I've had a, a home gym for quite a while now. I Ever since I bought my house, which was like five years ago, yeah. I, I decided that I need a home gym. Sure. With having kids and... And, and working a lot, I, I didn't really have time to have a gym membership and go to the gym. Sure. It takes quite a bit of time out, yeah. out of your day, you know, so. Are you yeah. a single dad? No, no, no. I'm married. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> Show know that. that ring. <laughs> well, when, when you had said like, you know, you have a kid and everything and you said it just takes time. I, I just kind of, for some reason, envisioned like, you know, you kind of run the show doing the whole thing. And there are a lot of single dads out there. Hats off to all you guys. It's a great thing that you guys, you know, that you're married and what we were talking about, how divorce is so high. I love seeing successful relationships, especially when there's children involved, for sure. Yeah, I mean, definitely our relationships had its up and downs, but I, I feel that having, and this is a, re- well, hold on, let me back up. The reason why we got the home gym was because we both work at General Motors. Okay. And so we work the same shift, same hours. We're always constantly working overtime. Yeah. And we don't we don't have time to take time out of the evening after work and go to a gym. Sure. So having that in our house and also having the ability for our kids to see yeah. a healthy lifestyle yep. is kind of, it's, it's instilled in their head. Yeah. Mm, and I so I, yeah, I love it too. Cause my kids constantly come down when we're working out and they're like, Oh, let's do a workout. Let's do yeah. a workout. <laughs> it's kind of cool. How many kids but do you have? I have two. Two in the ages? Yeah. Uh, six and four. Six and four. Yeah. Oh, hey, you're living life right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> living life. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Um, yeah. A couple more years. They'll be talking back and everything else. <laughs> oh, they're already there. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> six and four year old sass. Yeah, I know. We were just talking to one of the members that just left, Nick, and he's one of our regulars here. And uh, he was talking about he has a five-year-old that is acts like a 13-year-old. And uh, he's like, when did th- when did you start telling me what to do and like and telling me what you're going to do? I'm like, right. he's like, dude, you're five. Like, who are you? And I was like, man, the more generations as we go on, the worse the kids get. Like, oh, tell me they're it. entitled, you know what I mean? Yep. So, and, you know, that's just how the world is happening now. It's like social media, technology, just kids are born with a tablet in their hands. Where do you think it's going to go? Yeah, man, have you have you seen? It's crazy, but there's a show on Netflix. That oh talks no, about this. don't get started. Yes. Have you seen <laughs> Black Mirror? Oh my gosh, have yeah. you seen it? Yeah. Oh my goodness, are you a fan of it too? 
It's an interesting it's show. Interesting. Oh yeah. my gosh. So, all, so I, not, I haven't watched it. All I hear is him watching it from time to time, and I just hear the the dialogue. <laughs> I'm like, that sounds like a horror movie. I don't want to watch it. So, <laughs> so some episodes are very horrifying, but the crazy part about Black Mirror is I'm not like a diehard fan. I I'm I think it's interesting. First of all, I like how they're short stories, and I like how every episode is a completely different cast, completely mm-hmm. different story. The first couple episodes, I didn't know that, so I'm like, man, this storyline's all over. I was like, I was like, wait, where are all the other people at from the first episode? But anyways, I found out shortly after, and um, so I love that aspect of the show. Um, also, like they make it to where. These storylines sometimes are like crazy, but they're it's like it could happen because of technology in the way they describe it. Listen, this world is is nonstop changing and technology is a huge part of it. I mean, they have cars now, the Teslas, they can drive so scary, you know, for hours by themselves. I mean, mm-hmm. if you told me that 20 years ago, we would laugh. Right. Absolutely. Right. So and they have so much other stuff going on. I mean. They have the whole UFO thing that the government just kind of came out with. That was kind of crazy. You know, believe what you want when it comes to that. But uh, there's just all this, you know, and it's just it's just wild. This world's kind of going in a direction that it's never been in. And who knows what's going to happen in 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years? Who knows? Like, some of those plots on that show could very well be true. And what's so sad is that technology is a tool, right? It's not bad or it's not good. It's a tool. And so I think in line with the technology, because you can't, I don't think you can really just blame it on technology because you can use it for awesome things, right? I think it does come down to like how society changes. Like you said, kids, well, how do kids, kids monkey see monkey do, right? Absolutely. So it's the decline of morality, and um, just people, I, I feel like people are becoming more and more selfish. It's like, I live in my world. I do what I do. I don't care about you. Like, even when you drive, people don't care less if they're yeah. getting your way, they're block cutting you off. They don't care. And so it is kind of scary to think about, like, yeah. the decline of society because people are, are selfish and they just don't care. And now you people, they just walk into a school with a gun and shoot up. I'm like, I would have never thought of that as a kid. Like, it's, no, it's normal. I was just telling my wife that. I'm like, you know, back when I was in school, you would have never worried about kids oh, coming into word, school no. and shooting up. They have evacuation yeah. plans now for right. shootings. <sighs> like, they train the kids for shootings now. Yeah. And that's crazy. Like, it is crazy. We, none shoot. of us even thought about that when no. we were going to school. No. The earliest thing in history was the Columbine shooting, right? Mm-hmm. The, but that was, that was like in the nineties. Was it in the nineties? Ninety nine, I think. Ninety nine. I think early it was two thousands. Or I'm gonna have to look it up. I, <laughs> I I thought it was like oh one, but um, I, I could be wrong. I think I was in high school when it happened, and that was like that shocked the world. Way to age yourself, right? <laughs> right. And then I mean, I guess if it was oh one, that's around the same time as nine eleven, and that shook America too. Ugh, it's just. Yeah, it, it is crazy. And you want to know what's crazy about the living situation where you're saying like people are selfish and they live in their own world? It happened uh, April 20th, 1999. Mm. So I was a freshman I in high school. I was two years old. Actually, uh, I wasn't even two yet. So. Yeah, yeah. I was like four. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was a freshman. And I remember it was like shocked the world when it happened. But nowadays, like I remember growing up and if you lived in a neighborhood, 
Like there was always like people talk to their neighbors and there oh, was like yeah. barbecues and it, it didn't matter what color they Mayberry. were, what, where they were from. Yeah. Hey neighbor, how you doing? Yeah. You, you know, you want to read the paper? Here you go. You know, right. um, you know, come over this weekend, have some burgers, you know, lemonade or, or, on my porch. Yeah. Exactly. There's kids with lemonade stands. Like none of that happens anymore. Like people live at a house for 10 years and never once talk to their, their uh. neighbor. That's 20 feet away. Right. And that's mind-boggling. Sad. It is. And we it shouldn't be a normal. Like it, we should like create a new normal. Yeah, but that's going to be hard to do. You, There's a lot of people. That's why it starts with one person. That's why it starts with one I'm and now start two positive podcasts. Yes. And I think we're changing the, the world. <laughs> that's the importance of community, right? Yes. You know, and that's kind of one thing I've tried to do with the podcast is interview a bunch of local people yeah. who are, whether they're artists or they're musicians or business owners, just anybody in the community who have an right. interesting, cool, cool thing to share. It, it kind of adds this sense of community. And right. that's yeah. the thing I've noticed with Lansing is there's a, there's a, a pretty strong community. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Seriously, and we've been trying to do a lot more community outreach as well. Have you had Ryan Holmes on your podcast? No, I don't know who that he, is. He's, he's one of my good buddies. He's a great local community uh, artist. I know when you said artist, I was uh, directly thought of Ryan Holmes. Great guy. He's uh, super cool to have on your podcast. I would definitely reach out to him. You can find him on social media. Okay. Awesome guy. He's like very, uh, really thoroughly involved in the community. And he, I think he's like actually on the board for like the artist in yeah, Lansing. He is. And okay. so he has a little say, a little poll when it comes to like scheduling art, uh, art events and whatnot. Just an all around cool guy. And we, uh, we actually quit drinking at the same time. Oh no, excuse me. I quit like a year before him. And cause I have a little over four years and he's got like a little over three and because we used to be drinking buddies. Yeah, so it's kind of like we were tied to that. And we, we, we when, kinda, you, when you say you quit drinking, did you have like a, an addiction problem or? So the way I describe it is I wasn't an alcoholic. Some, I, I mean, I'm sure some people would say I never drank during the week. I drank on the weekends. I would say every weekend, like on a Friday, Saturday night. What was your you drink know? of choice? Oh, <laughs> I feel like I'm interviewing you. I had, <laughs> I had waves. Um, but I would say the most consistent would just be like beer. I was always kind of like a beer guy. Okay. You know, I'd have like in the summertime, I would go through like a vodka and Red Bull phase or like a vodka and tonic phase. Like those are like good drinks for like this, being on the boat, you mm-hmm. know, like summer yeah. vibes, you know, and then like winter time, like around the campfire or something or like, you know, like coziness is like, you know, like whiskey or something. Keep you warm. But uh, I was always consistent, like beer, I would say. Nothing too spectacular, to be honest. I, I would just drink, man. But, uh, you know, the thing I didn't like about drinking and the, one of the reasons, and I didn't stop for any particular reason. Like, wasn't court-ordered to stop or, like, anything like that. Right. And anything that I've ever, like, woke up the next day and been like, man, why did I say that or why did I do that? It was when I was drinking, right? <laughs> I don't think I've ever, like, woke up. Like when I was sober the next the day before and been like, man, I shouldn't have done that. Like it, <laughs> never. It's always like when I was drinking, right? I woke up like, why did I say that to that person? Why did I do that? Or let me calm and apologize. Like I'm sorry, dude. So, so are you a fun drunk, or would you say that you you get more aggressive? Or oh, I was always like a fun drunk. I was always like happy for <laughs> sure. But you know, there was times where I would just like make a fool of myself. You know, like being fun, right. but just like make a fool of myself, do some something stupid. You know, and yeah, so it was just bad decision making. Also, that I, I was getting really.
was serious in my health and fitness journey. And those two things don't mix at all. So long story short, so I woke up one day with a horrible hangover, horrible. I'm talking like a two, three day hangover was just drinking everything under the sun night before we were partying. And uh, I think I was with Ryan as well, uh, be, be honest, and woke up feeling horrible. And I know everyone that's a drinker has always said this. I woke up the next day and I said, I'm never drinking again, <laughs> right? I've said it probably over a hundred times, yeah. but this time, well, I don't know. At the, at the moment, this time didn't feel different until later. So I stopped drinking. In the back of my mind, I thought I'd drink again, right? But I was like, I'm never drinking again. Get that away from me. So I remember I had a few drinks in the, in the fridge and I poured them out, right? I was like, I don't even want to see those. And I stopped and two weeks went by, felt great. Two more weeks went by, so a month now felt fantastic. Life was just, and I know it was a very short term, it was only 30 days, but it felt awesome. And I was just like, dude, this, I feel better. I'm more like productive. Do you feel that uh, because you would drink on the weekends that going into like the next week, it would be kind of, you'd be just like sluggish and oh, trying to recover? Is that why? 100%. It, it affected me, like for sure. I'd be a fool yeah. and a liar if I said, oh no, Monday morning I was like 100% on point. Like, you know, my brain was working 100%. My body, like, no, like I was definitely feeling it. And not to say I don't feel sluggish on Mondays now. Like, Monday's like the worst day of the week in my eyes. <laughs> I love Mondays. But, just just say, he always gives like, oh, it's a Monday. Well, yeah. I was because, like, I love I mean, I'm sober as all hell now, but it's like you stay up later in the weekend. You watch that show or you like binge watch stuff. And it's like lack of sleep will do it to you. But alcohol is different. Like you, your body, your brain just, it, it just drowns everything. And not to mention like the, the fitness gains that you're trying to accomplish it destroys those. There's nothing good that comes out of alcohol mm-hmm. except for like the six hours that you're hanging out or four hours that you're hanging out and you're having a good time. Yeah, it's funner like in that moment, right. but there's there's a consequence, right? There's a consequence for everything in life, whether it's positive or negative. There's always a consequence for our actions. Right. So if we decide, hey, I'm going to go out tonight and let me just get this one thing straight. Like when I was a drinker, I didn't drink during the week, but on the weekends I drank to get drunk mm-hmm. like I wasn't yeah. like let me go have like two beers no I was like I'm gonna go and I'm gonna tie one on like that that's what I thought was normal I was like who drinks like what if you don't like drink to get buzzed at why, least like why are, why are, you, are drinking? you drinking <laughs> yeah so that's that's the wrong way of thinking right right but that's how I was thinking and you know was now, it also a culture thing so like did you look forward to the weekends to be around that culture? Because I know, like, well, yeah, I mean, I was, a culture for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I enjoyed the scene, you know. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Like, I'd go out to the bar, go to the club, like, whatever. And plus, like, I was raised like that. Like, my dad was a, a heavy drinker when I was growing up, so I seen that as a child my whole life. And my, you know, so I had seen a lot of alcohol and all his friends, all my family, like, we were all drinkers. And, uh... Now, coincidentally, like my dad's sober as well. Like wow. he's he's totally sober, and uh, and that has no. It's not connected from my being sober at all. He just decided to become sober as well because like he was destroying himself too, right? He finally woke up and was like, "Dude, this is not the way to live life. Like you have one life to live, right? So it's like you're on this planet for limited time. No matter how you believe what happens later." 
you're on this planet, that's the inevitable about the situation. Like right. you're gonna leave your living form. Like that's pretty introspective too, of especially like somebody older, like an older generation. Some, yeah, you know they've done something for so long. This is just the way of life where yeah. they drink. Or Can't eat. teach a dog new habits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, it, it has to be intriguing, right? You have to like it, right? You, you're, you're never, and I tell this to people all the time that struggle to getting sober now, because I'm not like a motivational speaker of any sort. I'm not like a therapist or anything. But I mean, people talk to me that are trying to get sober, like Ryan did when he was like, because I had a year in at that time. And I know that's not a long time, but like, I have still like the it's first long, year. It's a long time for an addict. Yeah. The first year is always the hardest, right? The first month is the hardest. Uh, the first day is the hardest. Just every mm-hmm. day that you do it, you're one step closer to your goal. Now, with that being said, like I tell people all the time, you're not going to get sober. You're not going to accomplish it. And I'm just being blunt. Like You're not going to accomplish it if you don't want to accomplish it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like If you're doing it for a reason because your wife says you can't drink anymore, because you know you got you're put on probation, yeah. or like, the court says you got to take breathalyzer, like, you're just like putting a band-aid on the on the cut, right? right? Like you're not really healing it, you're not fixing it, you're just temporarily like smothering it. Mm-hmm. And eventually that band-aid's going to come off and right. the floodgates are going to open. Now, until you actually want it and you're ready, that's when you'll become sober because people are like, "How do you do it? How do you do it?" And I was like, "Dude, I don't have like a magic password for you or like a saying, like this cool like motivational saying or anything like I just wanted it I don't know like when I like I said when I first stopped I didn't think I was really gonna stop today you know over four years no alcohol like I can tell you like I have no intentions at all and I don't even have a desire to drink just because like I like this life better than my old life like if I had to choose I choose this this life and it's just like I don't know it's hard to explain it's just like after a month, it felt great. After six months, it felt greater. After a year, it felt fantastic. And just like the more time and like I was being more productive, like I own a business now. I'm looking to, you know, expand, open a second one. Open, wow. You know, I want to open five eventually. Like things were coming to me. Like man, I was manifesting it mm-hmm. ever since the day I stopped drinking, like positivity and blessings have come my way and i don't really think that's a coincidence you know i i I think it was like that was what i was supposed to do like i don't think i was meant to be a drinker like some people are cool with having one beer and being like all right guys i'm gonna head home have a good one see you next week or something you know yeah that'd be me (laughs) yeah um but some people are like after their first beer you're like all right let's get it going that was warm up (laughs) yeah shit like first three or four is a warm-up you know it's like all right now it's time to party like now you know got the nerves out of the way let's go so yeah you know it's it's some people have self-control and some don't but i have self-control in other aspects like fitness like i can work out every single day and it's not a chore to me it's not it's like it's habit it's it's what i want to do some people are like I gotta work out, dude. Yep. Like, man, I really want to lose this weight. Me, I'm like, all right, it's time to work out. Like, yeah. let's get it. Like, you know, so I have more self control in that aspect of life. You know, so it's just like you, you kind of find yourself throughout this journey that we're going in. We're all going through a journey in life, and you kind of find yourself like, where are your strengths? Where are your weaknesses? 
I wasn't created to drink alcohol, I don't think, you know, and if I'm wrong about that, then I'm wrong. It doesn't matter because I have no desire to go back and uh, I'm happy with what I am. So that's how I first connected with Ryan. And uh, he's he's and I told Ryan many times, I was like, dude, you're just like me, dude. You're going to you're going to explode and be so successful and so productive the second you put down that alcohol. And he was like, yeah, I know, bro, because he has so much talent. Dude. Oh, my word. It's and but he was wasting it. He was wasting it because all his all his dedication and time and motivation was going into partying. Right. And I was like, dude, don't be a wasted talent, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, he, man, he finally put it down and he, you know, he's just like me. He has no desire of going back at all. And he has been so successful. Like he has blown up ever since. And what kind, of, what kind of art does he do? Man, he does a little bit of everything. He so he's original chalk artist, right? He he oh, cool. did a lot of chalk art. Hey, do you know the Tin Can downtown? Yeah, yeah. He does all those drawings in there. He's done multiple like drawings on the sidewalk in front of the Capitol and stuff. He does paint. Um, that's kind of like his newest thing. He does a lot of paint. A lot of comic. Um, yeah. Inspired. He's a huge comic nerd. I, he really is, and he he'll tell you himself. Like, dude, he's a straight up comic nerd. I originally met him. He's a Ghostbuster too. Have you ever seen the mm-hmm. Lansing Ghostbusters? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's one. He's one of those guys. He's okay. and he drives around. You know, in that Ghostbuster Hearst and it's everything. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and and they're like legit, dude. Like people like laugh or whatever, and I laugh too when I see him. I was like, dude, what are you doing? You know, and I was like, is this like real life right now? Because he, you said he was sliming at a lug nuts game. Right? He, he was at a lug nuts game. I seen him, so I was in VIP at the lug nuts up in like the suites or whatever. I was just like hanging out. I had gotten like somebody I was there with, like knew some like the person that runs the VIP, and they're like, come up to VIP, whatever. I was like, okay, cool, let's go up there. That's the time i was actively drinking so i was like hey, let's go have some drinks you know so we're up there i look over across the room and i see this guy dressed from head to toe <laughs> in authentic <laughs> ghostbuster uniform like authentic like someone straight out of the movie and he had this big aqua like scuba diving tank on his back with this big ghostbuster gun and i'm like Am I seeing this right now? Like, what is going on? And he's just like chatting, like hanging out, like chatting in the room. And I'm like, okay, it was not October. It's not Halloween. Like, what's going on? <laughs> and so my one of my friends I was with knew him. And I was like, you got to introduce me. I got to talk to this guy. So I start talking to him and he explains this whole thing. And we were, we've been buddies ever since. But he was there sliming the crowd. They were having like a comic night or whatever. Because you know how they have like different themes and stuff. And he had a legit slime gun, and he was up in the suites, down, you know, looking over the stands, sliming people. <laughs> and I was like, that is so weird, but at the same time, so, so freaking cool. <laughs> Let me get some of that. <laughs> yeah, dude. So a little side note. Yeah, reach out to him. Yeah, I'll have to check he, him out. He's awesome. He'll probably listen to this episode, and shout out to you, Ryan, man. I love you, man. Keep doing what you're doing. But cool, man. Enough about Ryan. Let's talk about you, buddy. All right. So, Rising Above. First of all, I love the name. That's an awesome name. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, super cool. It's simple, straight to the point, and it's just like, it's a short name, but it says a million words. You know what I mean? One of those yeah. things where it's like, wow, it's it's inspiring. I guess my first question would be just like, how did you start it? Why, when, where, all that good stuff. Well, I started it last, I put out my first episode last January, uh, the end of January, and it just kind of unraveled into this thing where it's, it's just gone. It, it's taken its own course. Obviously, you know, you podcast, so 
yeah it takes its own course it's its own thing but the reason why i started it was because i was actually scheduled to go on somebody else's podcast and kind of share my story and about overcoming and and then that fell through i i, I took a day off at work for it and everything I was, oh wow I was like, this is crap and so I was like, you know what? I should just start my own thing. And yeah. that way I can tell my story and then I can allow uh, other people to come on and share their story. Sure. Yeah. It just kind of unraveled into what it is today. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. It, when I started my podcast, I actually had a dream about it. It was really weird. I had a dream that I just like randomly one day had a podcast and I like woke up and just, it felt so real. And I, I literally came in here and I had another individual working here at the time and I told him and I was like dude I want a podcast and I don't think he took it serious at first but I was like seriously and I legit went to Qatar Center that day I remember this and like bought <laughs> I know you had a everything. dream though yeah yeah if you listen to my first episode it explains it talks about just wanting to you know have a podcast and just like be positive, have a voice, mm-hmm. some, even if it's a small voice. Yeah. You know, I always said, I don't care if 10 people listen to me. Like, yeah. Yeah. as long as I can help one of those 10 people at some point in their life, if I make 100 episodes and only one touches somebody, like, yeah. I, it's accomplished. Like, I just wanted to have some sort of positivity in this world. I don't know, man. This world's like, you turn on the news and it's like politics, racism, and mm-hmm. like, just dark evil negativity well, man and, and it's a painted narrative also and that's one thing that by starting the podcast coming out of covid because that's when i started it was in january yeah. but i started planning it in december and so coming out of covid everybody just seemed to have this aura about them so where they true there's negative they're, i mean everybody's freaked out because you know they could possibly get covid yeah if you're not wearing a mask you're a piece of shit yeah yeah you know just I don't know. There, I just, there was two different sides. Clearly, yeah. two there different sides. There was a line drawn and I, for sure. I feel like you know there there needed there needs to be a way for people to come back together right. and find mutual ground, even though that they may have different differences and believe in different things. You know, I've I've met a lot of people that I don't agree with on so many different things, but you know, right. I can still have a good conversation with them and right. and respect, respect who they are. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of a real cool aspect of podcasting, too. On this podcast, we always tell people, like, we want to stay away from intense subjects. You know, like, we try to stay away as best as possible from, like, you know, politics, uh, different stuff, you know, religion, stuff like that. Yeah. At At the beginning of this podcast, you know, I don't care what you believe in. You, Shamber, any of our guests, anybody in the world. As long as there's some, we can connect on some sort of level right? and, and, and we can be positive and we can uplift it. Cause that's a cool thing about the world. And, you know, more importantly, like America, like there's so many different types of people out there. There's so, we don't, the world would be boring if we were all the same. Oh, mm-hmm. If we all believed the same thing and we all thought the same way, like it would be a cookie cutter world and it right. would just be so boring. There would be no artist. There right. would be no, like, it would just be. I don't know, lame. And so that's what's cool about it. Yeah, that's one thing I discovered, too, by doing the podcast is, like, interviewing different artists. They're all wackos. Yeah. <laughs> They're all weird in their own in their own cool way, though. You yeah, know? that's and, what, what makes them. It's true. We're, we're awkward. I can admit that. <laughs> I had a lady show up uh, to my podcast covered in body paint. Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah, like, this is interesting. Wait, was she wearing clothes or was that her clothes? I mean, she, I think she was wearing a dress or something. Okay. Yeah, she was covered in body paint. I'm like, All right. this, is, this is interesting. Cool. You know, it's different. Right. But it's cool. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, art, 
I'm not an artist at all. Uh, Me neither. Well, at least like an artistic artist. Like, I don't know. People say anything can be art. Fitness can be art or whatever. But when I think of art, I think of like someone drawing something or like a sculpture or mm. like someone creating a, something visual. Right. Right. And that's that's when I think of art. And I'm just not that at all. Now, my dad is my dad's a super crazy good artist. He actually he used to be a pretty good photographer growing up he was contracted through the lions the um pistons and then for like 20 years with the red wings so yeah he was in i had a kind of a cool childhood growing up for a while when he was he was with the red wings for many many years he was in the um, penalty box taking photos of every home game wow yeah so like he used to get like all the broken sticks and like all uh, media passes to go into the locker room. We had all the memorabilia that we, I mean, we had memorabilia that we would just like give away because wow. we had so much. Yeah, he he had a super cool job. But after that, he went into his artsy side, which he did before the um, photography was uh, ceramics. Mm. And he does uh, stained glass, like the church glass, you know? Okay. Yeah. yeah, so he does that. He creates that. And he does uh, ceramics as well. Wait, didn't your dad make that cup? Yeah, he made this cup. Did I broke? <laughs> That I, was, she, I, I, was say, I did see crap. that. I was like, oh yeah, no! Yeah, I just glued it. Yeah, he made this one, and he and made the one, the one, using. the one you're using. Nope. Yeah, and he made that this. Cool. He made this too. Oh wow! Um, he makes a lot of like really cool stuff. I mean, there's way better stuff than this. This is just like, but this is kind of like my dad's style. So he doesn't have like the the pretty style. Mm-hmm. Like he 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 makes it look like rustic and like old like this. I like that on purpose. Yeah, yeah. That's just like his style. Like how this is like it's just like more rustic. Now he can make like the like the plates that you see at like Target that are like just perfect mm-hmm. and like neat. Like he can do that, but that's just not his style. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He likes the more rustic, older, kind of like dirty look. So super talented. He makes jewelry too, the turquoise jewelry. He's a jewelry maker cool. and he does the stained glass. So he does all that and I was not blessed with any of those jeans. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, where did like where did those jeans go? Like, they, did they skip me?" So I don't know. I was just born to lift heavy things, I guess. I don't know. I was whatever. But Shamber's pretty artistic, huh? Yeah. Not not like that. You're so like, right? Yep, I'm a photographer, and then I am a singer and songwriter. So there you go. Just a little plug. I just released little, a song little, a month yeah. ago. So go check it out. Go check it out. Spotify. You know what I'm saying? Shamble <laughs> Rain's the artist name. <laughs> no, yeah, she 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 likes that kind of stuff. I I was not born to sing or make things. Hey, no, 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 no. We we actually did go over this. You can kind of rap. Uh, Even oh, Armand was like, you can spit some beats. You can spit some bars. <laughs> he like so, he makes stuff up. It's not. It's like goofy stuff. But it's, come on, like. I'm gonna give it to you. So actually, I was just rapping earlier today. See, and um, <laughs> when it was with me and Kennedy in here, and it's funny, like, so it's not serious at all. Yeah, like it's completely like goofy, like nonsense, and it's like freestyle. Like I'm not like Eminem, like writing lines and stuff. <laughs> like, like it's just freestyle, and it's just like me being silly. Half the time, I'm doing something else. Like right. I'm on the computer, like, uh, uh, yeah, you know. But I don't know, like, like I it. it Sometimes, not every time, it goes together and it sounds kind of like, cool. Did you hear that? That was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the guy that used to work here, Armand, he was like, he's actually like a rapper. That's what he's doing. He's pursuing is record, an actual career. He produced career. my song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like, he's currently pursuing that. Yeah. He was like, one day he was like, man, he's like, I'm not going to lie. He's like, I know you're just like being goofy, but he's like, yeah. 
kind of like a hidden talent. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, eh. But I, but if you were to like put me on the spot and be like, here's a mic, like sing a song, I'd be like, uh. <laughs> I have to be like comfortable and goofy right, right. and like just chilling and like not pressured to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or I'm just going to sound horrible. But 100%, you're Lansing's best flosser. I can attest to that. Flosser. Yeah, he all the time in here. It's like the gaps when the music's really bumping in here and like the people are getting super terrible. Like, we're just flossing out. Flossing out. Yeah. I have all sorts of like hidden goofy talents. I'm just like a goofball. So I guess that's my talent is just being totally silly. It's, it's good. Yeah. But it's it the atmosphere of the gym though. Like that's why people come to Hit Fitness is sure. because like it's not just like, oh, here's your punch guard. Okay, have a good right. workout. It's like we're a family. We have a lot of fun. Like we actually have a relationship. We have like mm-hmm. Parties, like we have a good time here. Yeah, for remi- sure. That reminds me a lot of uh, I went to a gym out in Perry. It's called Functional Fitness. Okay, yeah. and I don't know if you've heard about it, but they they recently closed. It was the same kind of concept, same same kind of layout you guys have. Yeah, but yeah, it was like a family aspect. You came in, you all struggled together, and yeah, there was just something to that. You know? Yeah, I think a lot of people appreciate that a lot more yeah. than your cookie cutter gyms, like your big yeah. box gyms. You know, your Planet Fitnesses, your Crunch Fitnesses. Golds, all that stuff, powerhouses. Not taking anything away from those people, you know, powerhouse and crunch, they have a great business model. They, you know, they sell a low ticket membership for, you know, nine, ten dollars a month and you get access to, you know, halfway, you know, at least good cardio equipment. I don't know about their strength training. They don't really specialize in that. Well crunch does, but uh crunch has a little bit higher ticket, but planet really doesn't if you're trying to like lift heavy right i wouldn't suggest go to planet you're pretty limited as far as like being able to use free weight yeah right but i mean like for the cardio aspect like great right yeah but crunch you know for a higher a little bit more money you can get access to some pretty good you know um uh weights but and you know then you have your like your golds and your powerhouse not taking anything away from them those those are like the ogs of weightlifting right all the greats like went to powerhouse and golds you know all the big time like arnold schwarzenegger and all them they were all raised in gold's gym you know but you get lost in the masses a little bit yeah there's something about well small businesses are the backbone of america right first of all and without small businesses like america would be nothing like we like we are the like legit backbone of america like we run america now i wouldn't say run corporations run america we are we are the ones that support america mm-hmm. and because to be honest with you these corporations they take over but there's something about it goes this, back to community i think yeah it's, yeah. It's, yeah community outreach there's something about like these small businesses these mom and pop shops i don't care if it's a restaurant a gym I don't care if it's a lemonade stand. Like, there's something about, like, the owner knowing your name, you know, you knowing the owner's name, like, coming in, knowing all the employees, like, laughing with them, you know, you telling, you know, they come in here, hey, we're going on vacation, we're going to Florida next weekend, and then they come back two weeks later, hey, how was Florida, you know, how was Orlando, how do you know, how the kids do, you know, there's something about that, it's like, wow, that person remembered, that person knows me, that person, like, took the time, whether it was even five minutes to ask me, you know, how my time was, how's my family, how's your day going, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you want to talk to someone, you need somebody, like, and I've done, I've, I try to be there for my member, like, I had a member move, she was canceling her membership, right, and she was moving, she, she doesn't have, she's a single person, she doesn't have, you know, a husband or a family, she doesn't have parents around, and me and a couple other members went over there and helped her move. You know, loaded up all her heavy equipment furniture and put it in the truck, and 
you know, it was just, and I did it for free. I did, she was like, I'll pay you guys. I was like, no, you know, don't worry about it. Like, I got you. I was just trying to help her out, do do something solid. And that's like, things like that people appreciate. And yeah. th- that's how, that separates us from like a corporation, right? Yeah. Right. You go in a corporation, you're just like number 426. Well, and you can, you can see where your money's going, right? Absolutely. Like, like when you go into Planet Fitness, I mean, you pay your 10 bucks or 20 bucks a month, whatever it is. And you don't really know, like, okay, did your 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 money's not going to, towards a piece of equipment or to somebody's wage? Like, when somebody buys a membership here, they're obviously paying for you, you know, you to keep this place open, yeah. And they're paying for Shamber to train them, or, yeah. You know, whatever, and, or they 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 see a new piece of equipment that yeah. came into the gym recently, so they can kind of appreciate it more. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And I make sure that we do that. I have yeah, added, we brought some fresh equipment in this. Oh year. Yeah. yeah, I've had a lot. Of, I had a lot of equipment come in 2021. You have some sweet equipment out there. I'm just yeah, I appreciate <laughs> it. Jealous. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> it. We we've added a lot of stuff. We're just we're actually I'm looking to add my last little addition to this location before I really start pushing the second one is going to be spin bikes. Mm-hmm. I've really been kind of, especially lately, like the last week, I've really been searching spin bikes, trying to find, you know, like a good deal and stuff and trying to see if I'm going to go the used route or the brand new route. Um, obviously, if I go used, it's going to be like a like a good used, mm-hmm. you know, like, right. a, like a refurbished, like everything's functioning, working, right. used. Yeah, man, just something about corporate gyms is just different. You know, small businesses are a lot better. But yeah, let me uh, ask a couple more questions about you. Kind of interested to get dive more into that, especially like how I gave you so much information about my uh, drinking. <laughs> I feel like you know so much more about me. What's going on right now? Cool. So kind of a, a cool kind of uh, fact that you told me off air about yourself that I just learned and kind of ties into the rising above which is kind of makes it even cooler is uh, you were as a child you were in foster care Mm -hmm. okay yeah if you're you know okay with it if you want to kind of explain that whole experience and like maybe how that affected you and before after that kind of stuff okay well i before foster care i was I i lived in florida i was born and raised in florida I have four other siblings. My brother, Michael, he's older than me. Sure. He was, just to kind of get through the story fast, yeah. um, he was abused by my my stepdad. Okay. My stepdad beat him from the back of his neck all the way down to his ankles mm. and left him black and blue. Wow. And he couldn't go to school for weeks. And my mom didn't report it right away. And a family friend was like, hey, if you don't report that, we're going to. And Do you know why she didn't report that? I think she was just scared, scared honestly. Yeah. Scared she, of maybe happening it to her? I think, yeah, well, I think she was scared of him. And then she was also scared of, you know, obviously not having a way to take care of us kids mm. right. because she didn't work and she, you know, was a stay-at-home mom and yeah. she didn't really have any skill, like life skills as far as like, you know, like an education sure. or job experience or anything. She, she was, uh, she ended up getting pregnant in high school and just kind of raised kids from there on. Wow. So he had the upper hand, like. Like yeah. not only physically but like financially yeah. and right. everything. So he was almost like holding that above her. Like, hey, you can't get rid of me. You can't report this because like I pay everything. Right. I don't. I don't know if that was said. I mean, it could have been, but I think it was more or less the fear factor. Yeah. Fear factor yeah. of it. Of it all. It was know? known. Right. Like. Like you didn't have to you, say it. Like she reported it. You know. Then where where do we go at that yeah. point? Yeah. Anyway, she went and reported it, but it was a couple weeks later and they had taken pictures and they ended up arresting my stepdad that night. 
And then they told my mom, um, because you neglected to report this. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, that's probably a charge on her behalf, too. It was going to be if she didn't leave him. And uh, okay. so they're like, you need to go wherever you have family. And at the time, we had family here in Michigan. Okay. Um, so they're like, you you need to leave, like, tonight. And so... Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So we went home. I remember going wow. home. And we got out of there. I think it was, like, 10 o'clock at night after they reported it. And they had arrested him. They picked him up on his way home from work. Yeah, we went home, packed, pretty much packed up our van, and then left the next morning. Wow. And How old are you at this time? I was, like, eight. That's yeah. pretty traumatic for an eight-year-old. Yeah, it was it was wild. How old's you your just, brother? He he's only a year older, so he's like nine. So he'd be nine. Okay. Yeah. And my mom had four kids. She, yeah. you know, I was I was eight. My brother was nine, and my younger brother was like four. And then we had like a two-year-old sister. Oh my so goodness. yeah. And she didn't. And the thing is, we weren't like a rich family at all. I mean, right. we were pretty like. Poor. Yeah. So she didn't have much money. So we only had four hundred dollars. She only had four hundred dollars oh to her name to try to get to Michigan. Wow. And yeah, so we came to Michigan and because we had family here. And we ended up not being able to stay with our family. And we ended oh up goodness. in a homeless shelter in uh Fowler up near St. John's. Fowlerville? Fowler. Okay. So near St. John's. Okay. And um then yeah, we stayed there for a couple months, and we ended up getting kicked out of there because my mom couldn't, like, she couldn't get a job because she had us, you know, I just, I don't know. She it was, was in a tight spot, man. It was a bad position. Yeah. So... And there was no government assistance? You know, I, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah, you were so young. I and mean. the thing is, is she wasn't necessarily, I don't know, I mean... There probably were resources because I remember the the Red Cross put us up in, in a hotel a few times and they'd given us money and stuff. But I don't know. When you're in that position, I, I couldn't imagine being in that position. There's so many one. factors you yeah. have to There's so many consider, things. Yeah. I mean, you have four kids that you're trying to, trying to you know, provide for and yeah. you're starting from the bottom. Man, I don't does, know. Does she have any, um, like, addictions like nope. that we're blocking her nope. no no okay well that's well that's a blessing because if that that would have just added a whole nother roller right. coaster right yeah yeah so um so we eventually got kicked out of the the homeless shelter because you know she couldn't find a job or whatever and that left us homeless so we came to lansing and like i said the red cross put us up in a hotel and we just started going to school in Lansing, living out of a hotel, which is, wow. as a kid, you're like, this is cool. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, as a kid, like, this is sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember there was a couple nights before that we had stayed in our, we had a, a Dodge Caravan. So mm-hmm. we, lived, we lived out of our Dodge Caravan for a couple nights. And, you know, as a kid, again, you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like camping. It's like, it's like camping. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But, like, I couldn't imagine being in that spot as a parent. Like, mm. I, you know, I have kids, so I couldn't imagine, like, are, like wondering, like, right. are they going to be safe through the night? We're sleeping in this van. Like, yeah. it's my job to, you know, take care of them, and I can't even do that. Right. So I had to leave the car on running all night. Yeah. Well, that's just nothing but waste gas. <laughs> right. That costs money. 400 bucks. I mean, <laughs> that's going to run out quick. Right. Holy cow. So, long story short, we're in the hotel for a couple weeks. Uh, we don't have food to eat, really. I, I remember going down to the homeless shelter at nighttime. Um, mm-hmm. That was really our only meal throughout the day. I, I remember looking around. I tell this all the time, like on my podcast. Yeah. I remember looking around at all these homeless people standing in line waiting to go in. Like, wow, these people are homeless. Like, uh, <laughs> this is, 
they're right. in, they're in a bad spot. Yeah, right. <laughs> wow, that sucks to be them. Yeah, you know, and mm. you know, I didn't. I guess I didn't realize like how bad it was for us. Mm. Eventually, you know, somebody reported it, and then we ended up getting picked up by social services and and put in foster care. Yeah, I was kind of wondering if like child protective services were gonna step in when you were explaining the story i was like oh boy it sounds like only a matter of time yeah These kids they are they allowed in. at the homeless shelter or yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah there we were yeah there's a yeah yeah right here in lansing like there's a lot of single moms is it only like, for so long though before yeah. it's inadequate yeah, yeah. They I, kick I, you think, out. I think you have to prove that you're making progress you know like employment status and maybe like if you have like like if you have a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction you have to maybe prove that you're yeah they test you yeah you're good and you're not abusing yeah yeah i mean they don't just let you just like get comfortable there like they're they're pushing you well for multiple reasons right they 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 want you to progress right they want you to get better right and i feel like sometimes people procrastinate and they're mm-hmm. like oh well this is good enough for now right like yeah. we'll, we'll just live here for a while you know yeah. and so not only do they want you to get better but they also need to make like it's a revolving door there's people constantly having issues so they need beds yeah right you know if they just let people live there and get comfortable like there's gonna be no room for the next person yeah it can't be a free ride no. you know everybody's got to chip in and do their own part and eventually, you know, get on their own. Yeah. And now, yeah, that was kind of the, I think the the problem with, you know, our situation is my mom wasn't, uh, I don't want to say she wasn't able to do that because, you know, I believe that, you know, if you're in a position where you have to, you have to figure it out, you know, right. at some point you have to take responsibility for the position you're in and then just try to figure it out. Yeah. You know, whether it's looking for resources to help you take care of your kid and, and why you can go get a job and I don't know. Yeah, no, I I hear you. I mean, that man, I don't have kids myself, but that would be just kind of imagining it. I guess that's not even close to what reality would be like. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if I were to try to put myself in that situation, I mean, that's just like it would be heartbreaking every day for your mom or for anybody in that position to be, you know, like, all right, kids, like you'd have to like try to play it off. Like, all right, kids, we're going to, you know, go on an adventure tonight. We're going to stay in the van like we're going to go camping like, you know, in the back of your mind. You're like, I mean, for me, I'd be like, wow, I'm man. I suck. Like I'm a piece of shit dad. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Cause I would be, I would be hard on myself. I know I would. And, and it, your mom was probably hard on herself too. And at the same time, it's like, what can you do? Right. You know, right. What can you do in that situation? And, you know, she probably had some pride too. I mean, I would have pride. Maybe, maybe she didn't reach out to every resource because in the back of her mind, she had some sort of hope that she could do it on her own. Because a lot of people are prideful, you know, like me included. You know, yeah. I, I don't need help. Like, I can do it. Like, yeah. I'm strong enough. I can do it myself. Mm-hmm. And in all reality, like, we all need help at some right. point. Right. Like, yeah. we're, we're human, right? We make it's, mistakes. Yeah, that's where you have to humble yourself. You really and, do. You know, like, okay, is this is this helping me or not? Right. You know, right. If, if, I'm not, if I'm not in a position where I can help myself, can somebody else help me? Exactly. Right. And that's where you have to humble yourself. You got to do what's best for the kids. Right. right? Exactly. At the end of the day. You you got to put your pride and your feelings to the side and just do what's best for the kids, you know, and because it's traumatizing for a kid mm-hmm. and, you know, and I eight years old, you don't know the whole story. 
but you know it's not normal to sleep in a van. Right. I mean, and the thing is, well, the thing is, like, at eight years old, I knew a lot of what was going on. Mm. Um, And that that was, like, kind of the problem. Like, when I got into foster care, um, you know, we had to go to therapy. It was court-mandated or whatever. And, um... They, that's one thing they had said is, you know, David's super grown up for his age. Yeah. He, he tries to take care of like the situations, whatever mm-hmm. situation arises. I'm, I'm trying to control it. Like I'm a parent. Yep. So, you know, and that, that might've been an issue as far as knowing, knowing too much, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you have to, it's, it's like fight or flight. That's, I mean, right. you need to fend for yourself. Right. And I, I think at a very young age, I realized that if I don't try to control what's going to happen, then. Who knows what could happen, Yeah, you know? So you ended up in the system. Then kind of what happened? What family you were placed with? Well, I was placed in a home with my younger brother, Joseph, and eventually him and I were adopted into that home. Yeah. But that was literally like a literal hell living there. It actually was almost like a worse situation than prior. Wow. Yeah. As far as abuse and as far as like having all my needs met, you know, that was all fine. You know, I always had food, always had shelter, always had clothes, you know, never really had to worry about that stuff. But as far as like having to look over my shoulder all the time, worrying about, am I going to get hit? Or am I going to get yelled at? Or, for, from or, other parents or from the parents or from other kids? From my adopted mom. Gotcha. Yeah, she was extremely abusive and, and uh, yeah, she, I don't know. I don't even know where to go with that. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's intense. The first starter, she went to jail for abusing me, like, right after I was adopted. Wow. Literally a couple months. It was just you? Uh, just me, yeah. I don't know why she didn't like you. I think they're, well... All right, so they're set up to have two foster kids in their home. And there always seemed to be, with every set of foster kids they had, there was always one child that she took her anger and aggression the out scapegoat. on. scapegoat. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. for for me, for our situation, it was it was me. And uh, my, my younger brother became the favorite. And So he wasn't abused at all? Nope, not at all. Uh, he, no. he was literally the favorite. Living the life. Were you giving her, and I don't want to say this, wrong way so it wasn't i'm not saying like were you giving her a reason but were you the more challenging child do you think because like you were saying how like you were the you grew up faster like you like were fight or flight or whatever do you think you were fighting the situation that you were in like you're not my mom like you're like this isn't my home <laughs> right. like i'm not supposed to be here were you do you think you were doing that or do you think you were like okay like i'm here like I, you know thank you for di-. like how do you think your attitude personally was that's a good question so when i first went into the foster home you know it it's uh, Shamber knows, you know, uh, she was in foster care, but there's like an expectation, at least for me, there was an expectation. Okay. Like I'm, I'm your new mom. Like you're going to look at me as your parent. Yeah. And I, because I was older, I had a really good relationship with my mom. Like she was my best friend. Yeah. And you were already pissed. Uh, I was upset. You know, I remember my first night in foster care, laying in bed crying. Cause I'm like, mm. when am I ever going to see my mom again? Am I ever going to see my other siblings that are, I'm not placed mm. with? And so, I wouldn't say my attitude was poor because of the situation I was in. I was just more or less like confused. And you're responding adequately. I'd yeah. be concerned if you weren't like right. responding like that. <laughs> well, like I'm good. I'd be pissed too. So explain to me how does foster care like set up? Like is this a, is this a permanent? Is this like a permanent? Well, I'm not saying like the situation, right? I'm just saying like what what is what is someone supposed to get from foster care? Is it like a permanent thing? Like hey, here's your new family. You'll be here for the rest of your life, or is it like hey? Hey, you're going to be here for a short period of time until 
like either A, your mom gets her stuff together and then you're going to go back to your mom or B, like until they don't want you anymore and then you're going to go to another foster care parent. Like what is the, like how is the system, how do they set that up? So it's it's based on every everybody's situation. Everybody's mm-hmm. situation is different. You know, if somebody is taken away from their, or if they, somebody gets their kids taken away because of like drug abuse or drug addiction, it's obviously going to be harder to get your kids back because you have to prove that you're sober. You know, if you're associated with people like a a boyfriend, let's say Mm -hmm. your mom has a boyfriend who's associated with like drugs and she refuses to break up with him or stop seeing him, you know, they, they can refuse to give your kids back because of that. At that point, you'd be in the foster care system forever for, well, until you're 18. Right. Okay. And then unless you're adopted, because right. sometimes parents will just relinquish their rights, uh, okay. which is what happened to me. But, okay. you know, in my case, and I feel, and after talking with my mom, um, my, my biological mom, I feel that it's also based on social workers, whether or not they want to give parents the benefit of the doubt and if they want to make life for them harder. It's kind of like a, a probation officer, right? Mm-hmm. Like a probation officer can choose to make uh, somebody's a parolee's life harder if they choose right. just because they have that they have that right. Right, right, and right. I feel it's almost the same thing with uh, social workers, and I feel that that was that might have been the case with mine, where the social worker didn't necessarily like my mo- my mom, and you know made it difficult for her to get get her rights back and just make things a little bit more difficult than okay. they needed to be. Yeah. yeah. So your mom ended up give, just giving up her rights. Yeah. At, at a certain point in time. Yeah. She just felt that she couldn't get us back, and we at this point we were two years in, and so she didn't want to keep dragging us Such through a it. Toll. Yeah. Yeah. It was it yeah. was difficult because you know we would have visits every Monday night, and I remember you know having to get picked up from school and then go directly to seeing her, and and then you know you see your siblings and then you leave for you know you're there for an hour and then you leave it's like it's like it's almost worse it it makes everything worse because you just want to be with them you want to take a little tease yeah it's like here's a little taste of the cake but you can't have a piece a slice like right here just take a little nibble and uh you're done like like no like and that's a weird analogy but at the same time it's like it's a tease yeah it's a tease yeah just enough to make you remember yeah and then it's like, let me just pull you away again. Well, then my, my problem with uh, the foster care system, and I talk about this in one of my episodes, is during that time, you know, you're in a room in their in their building and they have, you know, a little window in their <laughs> door. Here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're they're watching you and they're seeing how you parent. And if you don't necessarily parent the way you, they want you to, then that also counts against you. And my thing is, like, if somebody was watching me parent, that's not genuine, you know, no. like. You can't watch somebody parent for an hour and, and then know exactly how they how they'll parent. Yeah, I, it's just it's a it's a fake front. That foster care system, from what I know, from oh, what yeah. I've heard, is just completely jacked up. It is. There's so many issues. The, the thing that I don't understand is, and like, man, I've said it a couple times now. I can't really put myself completely in that situation, but from what I can imagine, I've just heard a lot of people talk about these horror stories with foster parents, right? Uh, sexually abused physically abused, mentally abused, you know, just abuse, abuse, abuse. And it's like, I think I've heard more abuse stories with foster parents than I have. Like, man, I had the best foster parents ever. Like, they're so welcoming, so just uplifting. It's just like, why can't I hear more of those stories? And um, my question is like, why are these people becoming foster parents if they like don't want, like, if they just want to beat up or rape kids like why like i don't get it like 
if you don't like kids and you don't want to be like, if you don't want to have like crying in your house or like talking back or like whining, it's like, that's what kids do. Whether they're your kids or they're adopted kids, like kids talk back, kids whine, kids cry, kids lie. Kids are going to take a cookie out of the cookie jar and say, I didn't do anything. Like that's what kids do. It's your job to form them to not do that, right? Mm -hmm. You find adequate punishment, you know, I'm going to take your tablet away for the rest of the night, or I'm going to do this, or you're going to be in a timeout, you're going to be grounded, like you're not going to go see your friend, you know, Johnny tomorrow, you know, it's like you find adequate stuff. You don't beat them or rape them or, you know, or mentally abuse them. Like these people are already going through traumatic things and they're already fucked up in the head. Like, like it's your job as a foster parent to rebuild them, make them feel welcoming. And uh, have you ever seen that movie? It's a long free Willy, uh, a long time ago. That was that was a foster care uh, movie. And uh, yeah, he was a foster care, and he he was like really rebellious, you know. And uh, he was like you know mad at the world, you know, for right reason. Like I feel like if I was pulled away, like I didn't grow up in the best you know household growing up. Like I feel like if child protective services probably there was at times they could have took me and my sister away from my parents at times because you know like i said my dad was drinking a lot and like there was things that you know no one necessarily seen but who knows but uh if i was put in a situation like that like yeah i mean listen my mom used to talk a lot of crap about my dad but it didn't it didn't matter what she said i always saw my dad was like superman you know what mm-hmm. i mean like i thought he was the coolest dude in the world and whether he, you know, was an addict or abusive or whatever, like, I always thought he was cool. Like, I looked up to him. He was my dad, right? Yeah. And uh, it didn't matter what anybody said. Like, that was that was the guy. And uh, so I would be rebellious, too. Like, I'd be like, who the hell are you? You're not my dad. You're not my yeah. mom. Like, and, man, if I was going to become a foster parent, I'd have to almost go into that situation expecting that. Like, these people are going to hate me. These kids are going to hate me. <laughs> it's my job to, to to change their mind. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, I would have to play it. I would go at it almost in, like, a reverse thing. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, hey, Johnny and, you know, Sarah, how are you guys doing? Hey, listen, I know I'm not your parents. Like, I know you guys miss your parents right now. Like, Let's just be friends. I, like, I think uh, a lot of the problem is too. A lot of people do it for the money. Exactly. You, you know? get some. You get some good money. Like, <laughs> subsidy is no joke. Like, oh, per so, child? so it's a money scam. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, and then this is another thing I realized too because. Um, all right. Well, that makes last, more sense. Last year, I, I requested to get all my uh, documents from when I was in foster care, and reading through it, you can you know start at the beginning and kind of go through like the progress of the case, and as time went on. I noticed that my uh, adopted family or my foster family at the time kept asking for more money because not asking for more money, but like saying how difficult uh, like us children were. So you get more money based on how difficult how much trauma they've been through. It's the, based it's on like how four flags they're, there. they're like a flag one, yeah. kid, flag two, flag three, flag four. And they're, it, they're like both are flag four. If there's more flags you could give, I give them more. <laughs> yeah. No, this one is like a seven. Uh, so, how much money are we talking here? I mean, is it like. I don't know. No so, it depends. Like, what's a four flag? Do you guys know? I mean, just difficulty. Like, it, but it's also going to cover they, things. So, it could be. So, like, for me, I was considered like a flag. I don't know if it's flag, but like, let's say like a level two. Okay. Um, and so, Man, like, they cover like your first two years of college. Three for sure. No. They will, <laughs> like, programs and counseling for free. Gotcha. Um, like I know some of my siblings who have like I mean went through 
everything. I mean, the rape daily, and I mean, you can get more than a grand a month That's for insane. those kids. Um, for per kid. Yes. Now, I I don't know. I know the system has gotten better in some ways, where like you have to prove like where this money's going. So like a portion of it, like for clothes, um, like we did drama. So like, hey, this was a outside extracurricular activity. This is where how much money went towards that from the subsidy that you gave us. Yeah, now I feel like they should. And not have every to foster parent. I don't want you to think like every foster parent is bad. I think it does depend on the agency, whether it's DHS or if it's a local agency. There's differences. There's things that I hate about DHS, but there's things I love about DHS, vice versa for small local agencies. There's great foster parents. I have had most of my foster parents be good experiences, but some of them were. And it could be because they're taking too many kids that they don't know the trauma extent of those kids. So like one of the foster families I was in, one of the young men when there was like molesting all of us girls. And the, the foster parents didn't know. But this kid, he was only like 13, but he had been raped since he was like three. You know, he's he's a product Wow. Of what he's been through. Yeah. So it's it's case by case. There should be a limit. Yeah. Like, because, like, yeah, I mean, every kid's going to be. It's man, based off the how much you can give them. So, like, that foster family in particular, their house was probably like 4,000 plus square feet. They had like 15 Jeez. acres. They had, you know, steady job. And so it's like, hey, I can house five kids. Or, and there's 14,000 kids just in Michigan in need of homes. And so yeah. with that statistic, sure, if you have four, five beds for kids, Take them. Yeah, but there's only, there's only, you only have two hands and right. one, one brain. So it's like, it's like there should be a limit because unless you have on-site nanny or like you have like a, a grandma, like a grandma. Well, in that case, like it depends on how many adults are going to be actively right. helping raising these kids because at the end of the day, like these kids are, I, I don't want to say this rudely, like they're. They're a piece of work. They're, they're like, like, like a head <laughs> case, right? They're, yep. like, they're like they're like a head case, and I say that not in a mean way at all. Like I say it like they they've gone through traumatic things. Right. Like they're not your normal joyful kids, and in, in this moment, right when they're transitioning to going from I'm getting ripped out of my parents' arms to go to no matter how bad it was with their parents i guarantee you nine out of ten times they don't want to leave that's their parents that's who raised them that's where Mm -hmm. their memories are and then you just put them in a stranger's house that they never met before that's traumatic i don't care if they're 18 or yeah so they need more attention they need more time and Listen, they should be, if if they let me make the rules, it'd be tight. It'd be tight. I want to see receipts for everything. I'm talking about grocery receipts, food receipts. I, listen, I gave you guys $2,000. I want $2,000 in receipts that, that are it's going towards the kids, mm-hmm. not $2,000 for anything, like going towards the kids. And that's where the system, I think, has improved. Again, depending on agencies, I think it's a lot easier for smaller local agencies to be on it versus DHS it's huge. I mean, it's part of the government. They work slowly. I do know, as of, let's just say the past five years, that a lot of local agencies are requiring like proof of what you're doing with that money. Mm-hmm. You're not just going to go spend it to go on a Bahama cruise. <laughs> like you genuinely are investing in these kids. Right, right. And then they're they're doing. I think it's almost a requirement that every kid has to have like a counselor and a social worker that's doing weekly checkups because of so many foster parents who are inadequate parents. Yeah, that should never have been foster. Parents. That's how it should be. Seriously, David. A couple rapid questions. I know we're we're we've been talking. We're gonna try to wrap this up here fairly soon. Okay. I know we have the rest of the day. We have things to do, and I'm sure yourself. So I don't want to keep you too long, man. A couple rapid questions. Life. So we talked about the before foster care, kind of a little bit during foster care. 
Well, first of all, real quick question. How many foster parents did you have in total? Just I, I was just actually the one? fortunate. I, I went into one home and I stayed. Mm. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say fortunate, but, you know, yeah. I went into one home and I was adopted into that home. So gotcha. I didn't have to float around, which was which was nice. Yeah. So you didn't have to start over a million times. Right. That's I mean, even though that one wasn't the best, it, it's. At least you didn't have to float around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to stay with my brother, which was a good thing for me because, you know, again, I was the older brother and wanted mm-hmm. to be able to protect, and, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. You got ripped away from well, a sister and an older brother, yeah, a younger sister. Do you still keep in contact with them? Yep. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. That is super cool. And how do you think it has affected you? Like now you're, you know, how old are you now? Uh, 28. So you're 28 years old. You, you know, you're obviously an adult. You're living your life. You're, you're doing some positive things. Do you think it's made it stronger as a person? Do you regret anything? Would you take it back? Because some people, like my my past, I, I tell people all the time, the good and the bad. Like I don't regret anything. I'm, you know, there's things that I am not so um, so happy about that I've, you know, in my past. Uh, you know, my downs. I'm not so like thorough to be like, yeah, man, I'm so happy about this. I'm so proud of myself, but. Everything that I've been through has made me the person I am today, you know, whether it's mental strength, physical strength or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, so I think sometimes we need to go through certain things in life to be the excellent person that we are today. But, you know, everyone's different. I definitely think that everything that I've gone through, like I, I definitely don't regret anything. And a lot of people are like, how could you have a relationship with your, your adopted family because sure. of everything they've done to you? But I don't really try to hold bitterness against most people. You know, I, I don't think that's a positive thing to do for yourself. Sure. If you're holding grudges against people, it's affecting your life. Oh, it eats away yeah. at you, man. It does. Yeah, hate is super heavy. And so I, I don't regret any of that. I feel that it's it's helped me in a positive way become the person I am. There's definitely things that in my early like early 20s and like even my when I was like 17, I moved out when I was 17. I, I feel that there's things that there's bad choices I've made, but you know, it's ultimately made me who I am today. I, I don't, I don't yeah. regret those choices because it's again, helped shape who I am sure, right. and my opinions and, and the way I, the way I interact today. But yeah, I, don't, I definitely don't regret anything. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. I mean, even the lowest of the low, the highest of the high, like mm-hmm. it's made me who I am today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everything that we do every day, the decisions we, we make, it takes us to where we are, right? So who's to say if I didn't have to go through A, B, and C, how I might not have gone to, you know, D, E, and F. Uh, right. It's so... It's crazy how world work, the world in your life works that way. It's what we go through is where we where it takes us. Mm-hmm. And who knows, man, if you would have stayed with your mom, you know, who knows? I mean, you could be half the man you are today. I definitely don't think I'll be I would be where I am today. I wouldn't have mm-hmm. the the job I would have that I have now, you know, and the job that I work at GM. So, yeah. you know, that job's provided a, a really good living for me and my family and, you know, I if it wouldn't if it weren't for my uh, adopted dad, I would I would never be mm-hmm. at GM. So yeah. who knows where I would be? You mm-hmm. know, I could just be working some minimum wage paying job or you know whatever. So mm-hmm. yeah, but that eight yeah. that eight year old kid wouldn't have even fathomed to think about that. No, and, and, no. and you couldn't have right because when you're eight, seven, six, ten, thirteen, like you don't have the the mental capacity, the brain to even think that deep into a scenario right like you just don't right you're thinking about different things you're thinking about that's my mom 
You know, I love my mom. Yeah. Why are you taking away from my mom? And in the big scheme of things, it sounds like you didn't get placed with the best foster mom. But in the big scheme of things, man, I don't know the whole story in depth, but it sounds like it's probably best for you. And, you know, you turned out pretty good. So, <laughs> well, I definitely going into my, like I said, my early 20s had a lot of like yeah. anger and resentment. Mm. And, and that kind of ties into the fitness is, you know, I, I never worked out. Then I, I got with my wife and she worked out and she, she was training with a guy who ended up opening, opening functional fitness in Perry. And I seen her working out. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I don't want her to be stronger than me. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, I and so, do something about this. Right, exactly. So so then I started working out, and then that was a way for me to take out my aggression. Mm. At first, it started out like, oh, this is a good way for me to, like, channel my anger and yeah. all that built-up resentment. And and then it just kind of became a thing where it's like, okay, this that's no longer working. And then I had to, like, mm. had to channel in on, like, goals. Okay, so now I'm going to run this... 50 mile ultra run which i did at the beginning of this year that sounds terrible <laughs> it was terrible 50 mile run it's man. cured me of running so <laughs> would you yeah. say fitness and health like your little journey that you've had even being at a home gym or being at that functional fitness gym would you say that it's like helped you not become the person you are but like overcome like just these battles and these struggles absolutely i i think it's important for everybody to find a struggle daily yeah. You know, mm, uh, like there's good. there's a saying that like a lot of the big podcasts, I think Joe Rogan says, you know, rents due every single day mm. and yeah. every single day you, you have to find something that is not going to be easy. That's you know, good. whether like whether it's, you know, a physical or like mental, I think it's important to put yourself through struggle. Because yeah. if you don't, then you're going to take that, that angst out on other people and you're not going to, you're not going to perform at your best, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely think it's important to, to work out and mm. yeah, man, that's, that. that's awesome, man. Hey, listen, I, I really appreciate you coming out. I think that this was a kind of an uplifting, inspirational podcast. I love this episode. It was just like, I don't know. You touched on something that, you know, I don't know a lot about. And it kind of like, I just like caught myself sometimes like kind of like dazing off a little bit, not like, like dazing off, like kind of like visually in my mind, like putting myself in that situation. You know what I mean? Like I was in deep thought a couple different times where I'm like trying to really like put myself in that caravan like listen, you know, listening to my mom, it's like, like movie worthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. And you know, there was a couple times where it kind of like gave me chills, and I'm like, oh man, that's that's pretty deep, you know. It's like, but that stuff's happening all around the world, right. and you know, it's it's awesome to see that you were able to come out on the other end and be you know successful, Get, getting a job with the General Motors, you know, a great company, you know, now you know having your own voice, doing a podcast, like right. helping others, uplifting others, and it's a great success story i think it's important because a lot of like i said a lot of people don't have a way to share their story mm. and there's a narrative out there i mean i'm sure you know that a lot of people look down on foster kids they you know? do they think that okay you you were in foster care so you must be a troubled yeah, troubled you're person another statistic. Yeah. right exactly and that's one thing i never wanted to be and yeah. that's, mm. that's kind of what shaped or what shaped you know me right and so i kind of wanted to prove prove you know everybody wrong and allow other people to come on and share that as well I yeah that. i think you're yeah. doing it too man i think you're doing a damn good job at it you know i didn't know much about you you know a couple hours ago and <laughs> I, yeah i feel like you told me this awesome story and yeah i mean i salute you i you know hats off for kind of taking charge on all this stuff and kind of just 
man, dominating the situation. Because here's the thing. When people go through these traumatic things and these struggles, there's there's two ways you can go about it, right? You can just give up. You can wave the white flag. Right. Or you can say, like, no, F that. Like, I'm going to defeat this. I'm going to win. I, Man, I, I don't care how big of a struggle this is. I don't care how little of a person, how many little resources, if I have no money in my pocket, whatever. I'm going to come out the other end, a right. better person, and be successful. And not only be successful, like shine. You know what I mean? And right. I feel like that's what you did. And, like, that is kind of really speaks a lot about you because not a lot of people do that man a lot of people are very submissive they're just like oh you know like eat just little things about fitness oh i gained 30 pounds over covid oh it's over for me well i'm just gonna be <laughs> fat the rest of my life now right. it's like no it's like go through the struggle feel the pain yeah like understand that you like you let yourself go or mm-hmm. like you're in this situation it's okay to fail because the next thing is to succeed. Right. And, man, I say it all the time. It's not about how you fall down. It's how you get back up. Right. And it's like, I don't care if you fall down 10 times. Get back up one time mm-hmm. and, and, stand, and stay up. And, and that's what defines you, know, you as a person. Yeah, right. for sure. And, and, I, and like I said, I think that speaks, you know, big words and loud words for yourself. And, yeah, I just I appreciate you being on the show, man. I think it was really your story is very inspirational. And like I said, man, I salute you, dude. And I appreciate you coming on. And we'll have to stay in touch, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Coach Chamber, we're going to uh, I'm going to end the show, David, and I'm gonna let Coach Chamber say her last words and we'll we'll get out of here. Something I really love. I feel like I can relate to you in a lot of ways just because we've both been through the system. We were both foster kids and I love that you didn't repeat failure, right? I I think what you mentioned earlier is people expect foster kids to just repeat failure, repeat what they saw, repeat, you know, whether that's being a druggie or in, um, you know, being a prostitute or like violent. You didn't repeat that. You are, you're not the statistic that's the norm. You are a walking statistic, but you made it out to be like the good statistic. And it is encouraging. And I really, really hope that anyone who listens to this podcast who has been through similar walks of life, that they're encouraged. Maybe, you know, they are working that minimum wage job and they're, they're on drugs and they just can't get out of that rut. And I just really think your story can encourage people to do that. Um, there's so many great resources. There's so many mentor figures out there. Um, and I know your podcast has made a difference. I've heard from people in Lansing. So just keep sharing people's stories. Keep sharing, sharing your story. I really believe there's power um, in our testimonies. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. And then if you ever need a guest, man, me and Chamber, <laughs> either welcome. one of us, yeah, we'll, You're it, welcome you know, anytime, in the so. future, we'll have to, you know, repay the favor. Okay. So cool, awesome. guys. Well, guys, I appreciate you guys tuning in for another great episode of the Hit Fitness Podcast, The Afterburn. If you guys have any questions, just reach out to us on all our social media. And if you guys want to be a guest on the show, reach out to us through email or social media. Until next time, guys, this is Coach Nate, Coach Chamber, and David. We are out. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Hit Fitness, The Afterburn. Be sure to subscribe to all of our socials and don't hesitate to reach out to have you and your brand featured on our show. 